You're tuned in to RX Radio. Movement prescribed. Brought to you by Prescript.com. A personalized approach to keeping you healthy and making your best even better. Your hosts, Dr. Jordan Shallow and Dr. Jordan Jinta. How you say you're the product of your environment, or that's been said. Yeah, I've heard it before. So I have like the most Windsor. People don't understand where I come from because, and I've been withholding this story from you. So we've been in Toronto now. This podcast should go up ASAP. It should have gone up Monday, but we didn't. So I apologize to everyone who's reached out and wondering where the fuck this week's podcast is. We've been busy. We're working. Big things coming. Believe it or not. We're yeah, working. I know. So me and Jenta right now are in Etobicoke, Ontario which is about three and a half hours north of my hometown. And I've been withholding the story from him to tell him on the podcast. So set the scene. I'm driving. I was in Windsor last week. I visited my folks. This is just last week this happened? This is, yeah. This is like <laughs> recent events. <laughs> All right. Continue. So there's a, co- there's a vegan coffee shop that I like to work at called Carrots and Dates. Now, some of you might think, but Jordan, you eat more meat than most animals. I, yes. I did a yeah. decent amount of meat. Yeah. And it's... So, but the vegan coffee shops, it's a power play because I, I will recognize zero people that walk into that place. I sit in the corner. They're very friendly. The coffee is great. Go with my almond milk latte because that's how you get fucking work done. As we found out this morning, Adderall and almond milk lattes, <laughs> Rocket Man soundtrack, me and Elton are going to the fucking moon. Anyways. Clearly, the Adderall hasn't worn off from this morning. <laughs> I'm talking uh, fast. <laughs> Based off my navigation skills, getting back from Toronto. That's another story. So I'm driving back from this coffee shop. It's kind of like in this hipster neighborhood of Walkerville in Windsor. And I'm about two blocks away from my house, and I'm about to pull through an intersection. The car in front of me hangs a right. I notice with my keen eye and fucking flying on Adderall, that the guy in the passenger seat is twirling a gun, a handgun around his index finger. I'm like, motherfucker, this is two blocks away from my parents' house. Not my neighborhood. I'm the dark knight of fucking Windsor, Ontario. Oh, no. So, dude, the rental car they gave me at Enterprise was a bright orange Jeep Wrangler. I'm tailing these fucking kids in a bright orange Wrangler. So I turn the corner, start following them. I'm headed on Lozon Road. That'll mean nothing to you. Lozon Road turns into Lozon Parkway. Oh, and okay. they take a left on Lowe's on line before they take a right on Lowe's on road. Yeah, because they're Windsor. all different. It's 100% <laughs> Windsor. And only in Windsor does that make sense. So I call like dispatch. No answer. I call 911 and no one fucking answered. I had to, called it again. Answered. 911 emergency response. What's your emergency? Driving down the road. I don't, there's a kid. I know it's definitely a handgun. It is the size and shape of a handgun. Guaranteed I know what I saw. I'm following them right now. Second part of the Windsor story. Cop goes, or dispatch goes, can you follow them? You got it, lady. You fucking got it. I'm on the case. Shallow's on the case. Get this guy so a just, like, I wish I had one of those cherry lights like Starsky and Hutch. Just back and beep. Put it on top of the Jeep. But the, the cops ride horses around here. As In we Toronto, Junta did see, I think, seven or eight <laughs> mounted policemen. Um, besides the point, Windsor PD does not fuck around. Right. It's a border town. A lot so, of Hells Angels, a lot of drugs, like a lot of crime coming in from the States. So like Windsor PD have a reputation of being fucking brutal. Like I worked downtown as a bouncer forever and 
they just don't take chances. They, they're kick ass and take names. Like that's how they operate. And they have to be because it's, dude, it's a dangerous fucking job, man. Like I hate like anyone who gives cops a hard time and like that whole, we're not going to get into black lives matter or anything like that. Anyways. So I'm in hot pursuit. So I'm driving down Lozon road as it turns into Lozon Parkway. Kids hang a left onto Lozon line. Lozon line, yeah. Right. And then yeah. go right on the Lozon road. Uh, yeah, and I'm relaying my position to my dispatch. Because I'm Windsor, <laughs> no, I'm honorary Windsor fucking Pete. I'm on the phone the whole time. They give you a as we drive as down Lozon Road, <laughs> get a little fucking sheriff star. Yeah. I'm driving down Lozon Road now again, but different. And passenger seat in the back, another gun, ma'am. There are two guns in the vehicle, and it's like I, I'm seeing it through the silhouette of this fucking you know late or early 2000s Infinity, and I'm following them, and so they pull into Burger King. Like, these fucking kids are going to knock off Burger King. What the fuck? This is so intense. One in the afternoon, broad daylight, not as cloud in the sky. So I pull into, like, the parking stall, like, six stalls down. There's no one in between us. They get out. Three fucking pasty white kids. I'm like, ma'am, these kids do not look like trouble. I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Two of them have pieces of paper in their hand. I don't know what they're doing. But, like, I tell you, I know what I saw. And, like, they are meant to look, whether they're real or not, they're meant to look like guns. And it's too close to my, where my parents live for me to not call the cops. It's like, no, it's fine, sir. Like, <laughs> she literally said, like, just, like, stay in your car. They're about to put on a show. That's what the dispatch <laughs> day. She, she did not disappoint, man. Up over the fuck. So, like, there's a gas station across the street that one of the cops just came flying through the gas station over the curb, pulled around, like, within, dude, within 30 seconds. That fucking car. The kids went inside and came back out, sat in the car. Didn't seem to cause any trouble. They were in there for all of 30 seconds. They were sitting in the car, and dude, within that 30 seconds, six, six, probably six cop cars, three of which, like, officers actually got out of the car, did the whole, like, hide behind the door, guns drawn with the door open thing. Damn. Fucking intense, bro. I've never, like, I've only ever seen it in movies, and I'm, like, kind of in the line of fire. Like, I'm only a few stalls down in this bright orange fucking Jeep cloud car, and, like, Get out of the fucking car. Hands where we get. And like just intense, man. Like, and the kids had no idea what was going on, right? So it's like they didn't knock off the Burger King. There had actually been a shooting two nights before. Oh, fuck. In retrospect, I'm like, fuck, man. Like, what if those cops had like an itchy trigger finger and just fucking iced one of the kids? Just kid made a wrong move and he just lit him up. I never drove around with a fake gun in the car or a real gun in the car when I was a kid. So it's like, don't be a fucking idiot, right? So they cuff and stuff him, bro. Like, they get him out of the car, like, hands behind the head, back up towards me, on your knees, and they take him down hard. Hard. And, like, here's the thing. Like, there's people around me starting to record it. And I was like, guys, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, do I come to your job and knock the squeegee out of your hand and fucking record you doing your shit? Like, if he hesitates because you're recording him and he doesn't use necessary force and because he thinks it's going to look bad on this fucking video online... And he ends up dying because maybe one of these kids does have a fucking gun on him. Like, that's, that's, I fucking hate that. Like, voyeurism culture. Like, it's one thing. It's like, you, you know, people videotape pe- stupid people in the gym doing stupid stuff. It's like, what are you doing? How is that helpful? It's another thing entirely when it's like, like, as bad as that is, like that kind of voyeurism in a gym. Voyeurism when it's life or death and you're affecting the outcome of a situation that tense, like, like what? Are, like what are you thinking? Like, literally, like, two or three people have their phones. I'm like, put your fucking phones away. Like, what are you? What are you doing right now? And sure enough, they like they search the car. They find the guns. They were fake. 
they looked real enough. Like they were meant to look real. Fuck, dude. These kids were shitting their pants. They were just pasty <laughs> fucking white kids from Tecumseh. And the best part of the story, so you know how I said they had papers in their hands? They were applying for jobs. At Burger King. At Burger King. <laughs> so they had just dropped off resumes. Yeah, they're not yeah. going to get that job. Wait, weren't those the kids that just dropped off resumes for like fry cook <laughs> at fucking gunpoint at one in the afternoon? It's like, and here's the thing. I hope like Windsor's a small place and there's a decent amount of people I think in Windsor that listen to the podcast. Like we can check the downloads and stuff. If anyone knows these kids, have a message me. Because I don't like no harm, no foul. Like the co- I, I stayed after to state like give a statement because it's like I don't want I don't want the cops to be in trouble for something. Like it's going to be a traumatic thing for those kids. Yeah. Guaranteed. Uh, yeah, dude. Right? Like they're not going to fucking roll around with fake guns. Yeah, anymore. I mean, that's there's con- sure. and I think, dude, that's such a valuable lesson to learn that there's consequences for your actions and to yeah. learn that at a at seventeen, I think is huge. Because there do there's kids our age at thirty years old that still haven't learned the fact that there's consequences of their actions. Yeah. Right. And these guys learned it. They got off scot free. They fucking walked. They got scared. And you know what? You don't learn unless you're scared. Unless you're taken <laughs> to the edge true. of your comfort zone and in that case well over into unfucking comfortable, you will never learn. And with anything across the board, whether it's I mean, you, you don't grow, you don't adapt, whether that's training, whether that's psychological, whether that's you as a person, like character building, like they learned something that day. And I saw it, like the one kid, and like, I, I got a good memory, right? Anyone who's met me like knows that, like I, I just remember obscure details. Like I still remember what the kids look like. So the kid with a blue, kid with a pink shirt, kid with a blue shirt, kid with a black shirt. The kid with a black shirt was like way too aloof for my liking. <laughs> like he like didn't like he was like oh yeah no this this shit again. It's like whoa what? But the pink shirt, the kid who was driving the Nissan, he was the shortest of all of them. Man, like I literally think he shit himself. But it's like no harm, no foul. You learned a valuable lesson. You there's consequences to your action. Don't be a fucking idiot. And you know what? Those kids will be friends for the rest of their life. That's dude. That's like wedding funeral. That story's gonna get told a thousand times over. Oh man, you're welcome. The muscle doc out here just making just memories for other man. people. You know what? I'm the hero that Windsor needs. I'm the fucking dark knight of Windsor. Oh man. So that's a little like insight as to because someone just we put up a Q and A on the Instagram um, on the Instagram there because we're cruising around Toronto right now. Um, and someone asked me when I was going to be visiting Dallas, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's going to be a hard no. <laughs> um, but at no point am I going to have subject you to the, um, to the interesting world of Windsor, Ontario. Like Man. I told you about the chainsaw story and the hatchet story. Some weird shit goes on yeah, up here. Because huh? there's zero forests in Windsor. Why do I have a chainsaw <laughs> and a hatchet story? An interesting spot, man. Uh, so we're going to open it up just to Q&A, man. Anything you want to add? No, I don't know. This we've been up in Canada for this is day number two now. Day number two. It's and I just have to say, you're a completely different Jordan in Canada. It's amazing. You're just so it? joyful and happy and uh, patriotic. Life's yeah, life's good here, man. You know, it's good. It's, I'm, I'm happy. For it's you. Disneyland. It is yeah. the true happiest place on earth, <laughs> without fucking screaming kids in hundred degree weather, and it's affordable. Um, we're gonna go right to this the. Uh, the Q&A here. Um, we opened it up on the Instagram. This one's just going to be like, a, hey, sorry, we missed you. We'll do a real episode on Monday. Um, hopefully Kyle. Even the Canadian accent comes out with the sorries. 
Really? You yeah. notice the, the, <laughs> the vowels? Absolutely. You know what? It's because you say it more here. You practice it. Uh, I you, know what, you know what? how I said sorry in California? Yeah, go fuck yourself. That's, <laughs> that's appropriate. Exactly, that's so appropriate. That was my direct translation <laughs> to sorry in, in California. It was like, oh, really? Yeah, sit and twist, motherfucker. Um, okay. So here's a great question. Uh, Dr. Christy Ruan, Cairo. Are the prescript seminars suitable for Kairos too, mostly geared towards personal trainers? To be coming soon. Yeah. How's that? That'd be the answer to that question. Yeah, so we, we will be rolling out curriculum specific to practitioners. We I know we get a lot of students that reach out. If there's anything you want to see specifically, like we've we already have the, the architecture for the programs already laid out for continuing education, but I wanna hear from from students, right? Like we get a lot of like progressive students, a lot of like critical thinking, a lot of movement-based chiropractic students that reach out to us like all across Canada, the US, uh, even in uh, a decent amount in the UK as well. Like what, I mean, we've been, we're not that far out of school, right? Like we've been out four years and we're looking to fill gaps in what we had to learn over, you know, three decades of combined training together at like a high level in competitive sports be it conventional athletics or barbell sports. I want to hear from like, like reach out, shoot us a message on Instagram. What would you guys like to see in continuing education? Like we already have our main framework for our initial offering for continuing education in the, in the pipeline when it comes to Kairos and PTs, but let us know what you'd like to see. Cause I think that's, that's big, right? Like I think we're in the position now where this idea, and this is going to be something we talk about at the seminar of like having like meta impact. Like before we would just, you just treat a patient. But now if you can teach a trainer or teach a coach, they'll have, you know, maybe, maybe 30 clients, 30, 30 cl training clients or a couple hundred patients or thousands of patients over the career. So having an impact from higher levels rather than going straight to the end user. But if you're a Cairo student and you, you're going to have an impact on someone, what is the holes in the education, right? That's yeah. what I want to know. Yeah, and Cairo education is not consistent across the board, too. Right. So if, you know, not everyone's getting the same education that we got. So if there's something that's missing in there, uh, especially like the movement-based stuff, let us know. Yeah, and because I think, like, and, and we go over this in the seminars, like, we had to create seminars to be competitive in the space, right? Like, we, we bring forth, like, a thought process. We bring forth experience. We bring forth... We bring forth an evidence-based approach, I think, from all three pillars of evidence that is hard to contend with, especially when it comes to Kairos. Like in the training side, like there are people whose experience and personal abilities is exceeds ours, but maybe they don't have the experience in the in like the workplace that we have. Right. You know, they don't have the experience coaching, or they don't have. Um, they don't have maybe the education, right? Mm -hmm. And there's some people who are super educated that when it comes to bars. They can't hang yeah. right? when it comes to personal experience, when it comes to empathy, when it comes to being able to perform at a high level and know how to toe that line between like injury and performance and get people back quickly. Because um, I think the one thing that in making the certification process and one thing we reiterate at all our seminars is like, yeah, you'll be a prescript certified coach at the end of this, whether it's assessment preparation, whether you know it's going to be the programming modules coming up or the certifications for, um, for PTs and Kairos. But it's like we want you to be, we want you to be more than a fucking dumb email signature of fucking initials on a letterhead, right? Like we want to certify you in critical thinking when it comes to applied biomechanics, injury prevention, and sport performance. Period, right? So like that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize what they're signing up for, because it's like again, like I said it a thousand times, like we don't 
give you all the answers. We help you ask better questions. And that's like, that's a, that's a skill. And the more you can polish that skill, the more you can start going off into like unknown parts of the way you practice and start to answer better questions by asking better questions. Everyone benefits from that. So um, are the prescript seminars suitable for Kairos too? Right now, we're looking mostly around personal trainers just because I believe so much in what personal trainers do. Like I think we can cut off a lot of our patient base and free up a lot of our time for maybe more complex cases that trainers can't handle if trainers are handling clients correctly, right? Yeah. I think a lot of patients should be clients of, pro of good trainers rather than patients of remedial chiropractors. Yeah, absolutely. Right? A lot of the healthcare is reactive instead of proactive. So if you're training in a way that's going to prevent some of these injuries or um, at least put you in a position to be less injured um, in response to, you know, whatever life throws at you, then you're not going to need to go to, you know, a DC as your, your first barrier to entry. Yeah, so. and I think being able to do it retroactively, like, because we're both, you know, I mean, geez, how many... Between your Olympic weightlifting, your CrossFit coaching, your one-on-one -on -one clients, like how many hours a week do you spend one-on-one -on, -one on the gym floor? <laughs> too, too many. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, and that's where I think this has so much impact is like we can take your influence and your thought process and your ability to critically think when it comes to just scaling from, you know, totally passive in the office to how do we move that through the pendulum of passive, active, uh, assisted, active, active, resisted, right? right. So it's like, it's basically what we're offering is is full stop because I think if we can get them, we can put a face to when it goes wrong, right? Because I think a lot of personal trainers think it's a cool job. You know, you're autonomous to a certain degree. Like if you're half decent at sales, you can make a good amount of money on commission. You know, you don't got to worry about keeping the lights on. But like what they, like what you do as a trainer matters. That's why I still coach. Like that's why I still train. And mm -hmm. I'm not, like I have a few concierge clients that I work with like kind of around the world. But I get the most amount of meaning in what I do in having an impact in that arena because it's, it's, it's preventative. It, and I don't even like the word preventative. Like preventative means like everyone's walking on eggshells and trying not to get hurt. It's performance based. It makes yeah. them hard to kill. It makes them hard <laughs> to get injured. Right. And I think there's such, it's really empowering because twofold when you can give someone that empowerment by being able to like have them realize their own physical potential, you get them, further away from being like one of the bad cases like as a trainer i've had five clients who you know are have gotten spine surgeries because a, a trainer is just like you know in it for the lifestyle in it for the chicks or what doing it for the gram but it's like no no like dude like fucking matters man Absolutely. like you're playing with you're playing with fire but man if you can wield it and you can fucking like mold it and shape it you're you're a, you're a powerful individual like don't like the personal trainer i think has just been so devalued by the the baseline level of education that it actually stifles the name of people that are trying to do good work so yeah. what we're trying to do is we're trying to standardize now a base level education it's like you recognize this to be something different than a personal trainer right so that's long answer short question <laughs> as we do um okay yeah i can't do supplement questions man it's 2019 like it's <laughs> let's let's get past this um so any certain mobility stretches and exercises for bigger guy to help with depth i'm assuming in a squat bigger guy bigger guy what what would be different with a bigger guy than a not big guy yeah i don't know maybe in my mind i'm 
picturing someone with just weird proportions, maybe like long femurs or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't Bless think your CrossFit heart for going right. I'm thinking of a fat power lifter. I mean, That's yeah. That's what I'm thinking. God bless you and your yeah, political I, correctness. <laughs> I don't know. Athletes aren't fat, man. Um, yeah, so I don't know. If it's a proportion question, then it's you might have to actually just change how you're squatting. Sure. Um, so it might be look like more of a low bar squat, uh, I'm assuming, since it's a, a power lifter. But um, as far as mobility goes, nothing's going to change, whether you're big, small, somewhere in between. It's going to be – it's always case to case, but um, you're looking at having proper hip stability, um, so being able to move through uh, as much rotation as you need. Um, control through flexion extension, uh, ankles, make sure you have enough dorsiflexion. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, anything yeah, else? Yeah, I mean, you? I think the big thing with a bigger guy where my mind goes just coming from powerlifting is like, is understanding the disadvantage you're at from a center of mass standpoint. Like, that becomes that's it, man. Like, balancing that center of mass over a base of support is going to allow you for maximal output. And if you if you can't balance that, if you're unstable because of it, and this is like, it's not even hips. Like what could be stopping your ability to drop down is an instability to the core. Like if you're carrying, and I use the word core loosely with an air quote, if you've been listening for long enough, you know what that means. It's just <laughs> an oversimplified term. Core could mean anything really. But like fundamentally, if we think about the lumbar spine's reliance on functional stability where a thoracic spine has a, a an externalization of that stability into the structure of the ribs, it's like the core's function is anti-extension, right? So like repeat that back in your head, like the core's function is anti-extension. So it's not flexion. Like if we did a sit-up, that'd be training the core's action, right? Action and function are totally different, right? So the function of the core is anti-extension. Now, if you're carrying a lot of weight anterior to center of mass, if you've got a big fucking gut and you're trying to drop into a squat and your body perceives an instability through the core as a region or through the lumbar spine because it's it, it's unable to functionally stabilize or to function in its role as an anti-extender because you're in such extension because of the weight anterior to your center of mass. There's no way you're going to have the hip mobility. If you're walking around with an anterior pelvic tilt because of a consequence of your, your anterior or your center of mass being so anterior, mm. you, can, you can stretch on the floor all you want. <laughs> but the second you load axially, your nervous system goes, nope. Path of least resistance is not there. Yeah. The force shall not pass. It's going to govern your force output, and it's going to govern your ability to active or uh, access and ranges of motion. Yeah. So that's where my mind goes when I think big, and I think big is like round and rotund. Right? Yeah, and you throw in some long femurs with that, it's going to be even worse because oh, if you sure. have that anterior tilted pelvis, then you're going to get into that kind of hip impingement type yeah. stuff a lot sooner. Um, because those your hips are going to be so much further back. Yeah, so because so. the pelvis is in a, in a position that's continuous with extension and gait cycle, and I think that's key. That's something you really opened my eyes to when we talked about anterior tilt and femoral flexion versus mm -hmm. full gait cycle, hip extension and flexion. Yeah. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a rain man fucking rabbit hole. We'll leave that alone. <laughs> but I think, yeah, you make a good point. Like, you're not going to... And a lot of people will blame that on morphology. It's like, oh, my femurs are too long. It's like... Dude, all right. What if you're too fat? Can we just can we just say like it's fine? I'm not part of this like fat shaming thing where it's like, have you seen this thing where like they're putting fat chicks on magazines now and telling everyone it's healthy and like to not like yeah. I'm not saying make fun of anyone. Right. Like, but I'm saying like like 
empower people because it's dude that's da- <laughs> like it's dangerous yeah right like don't, don't be a dick first off i yeah. mean that's kind of like general rules but yeah don't promote shit just because you know it's not good to be fat either yeah. right it's good to be healthy yeah as much promote as you're being hurling, healthy. your feelings might get hurt yeah you know what hurts triple bypass i'd imagine <laughs> i'd imagine diabetes. i mean i'm on my fucking way there yeah, no, right? I'm not we just fat. had ribeye literally we just made dinner and his question was like i think he answered it before i even finished it was like hey do you want butter on your stick <laughs> And he just put butter on my steak. <laughs> like, that's just like, come on. But no, it's like, I think at a certain point, and we talked about this earlier today, just cruising around. If you guys heard the shit that we said, <laughs> like, you think it's bad? Like, this is clean the fuck up. Yeah. Like, compared. So, actually, I kind of want to put this out now. I'm going to be traveling through Canada a lot in October and November, a little bit in December. I'm looking for someone either in a specific city in Canada or someone wants to travel with me who's good with a lens. I need camera, I need video, and we were doing a lot of seminars, and I want to get some media. Someone wants an exclusive look out of the stupid shit we say behind the scenes, <laughs> shoot us an email, info at pre-script.com. If you're a photographer, videographer, Winnipeg, uh, Edmonton, uh, Halifax, Toronto, Windsor, um, I think there might be a couple in Toronto. Shoot me a message. I want someone to kind of go on the road with me for a bit, just as a total aside. But this is, yeah, this is the cleaned up version. <laughs> There's going to be so about. much incriminating stuff. Oh, in yeah, because it's all going to be recorded. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, like, uh, Caesar, I think we were talking about Caesar. Caesar's Steph Cohen's um, and Hybrid's videographer. He can put together about a 10-minute clip of me looking at the camera going, see, you got to cut this. <laughs> like, see, you got like, 10 minutes of me just saying that, just oh, off. So just a little aside there. Um, so, yeah, big guy, hip mobility issues. You know, is, mobility is the light on the dashboard that says check the engine, right. right? An unsophisticated trainer, an unsophisticated approach to that is to look at the site of the inability, right? Like look at the site of the hips and go, let's, let's focus on that. It's like, no, no, this is, we don't change the bulb, dude. We run the code. And you got to know how to run the code. You got to have this critical thinking. You got to be able to like, you know, you look at the bar position. You look at the, 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 the spine. Look at the ankles, right? Like look full system on this thing. Um, so yeah, good question. I think that that trips up a lot of people. And then what they end up saying is like, oh, it's just the way I'm built. <laughs> the goal is to always, 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 always outfunction bad structure. Whether it's morphology, pathology, that's the goal, right? Because mm-hmm. what you're gonna go carve out your fucking acetabulum? You're gonna make shallower hip sockets or something? Like no, you you know that's the hand you were dealt. You know, do like make the changes where you can. Drop a few, drop a few pounds in front of the in front of the waistline improve the stability of the hips and spine and see what happens to your squat. So that's that. So here's one, a little off the, uh, kind of off topic, but opinion on Facebook chiropractors with gimmicky videos, question mark. <laughs> They're the fucking worst. Dude, so one one. so there's a guy who hits people with a hammer. I've seen this shit. Yeah, so he blocked me. I've, dude, I have no, I, dude, hand to fucking God. So here's, all right, we're, all right, this is going to be the rest of the episode. No more questions. We're done here. Jordan's pissed. So there was a, there was a podcast on like last week with Robert Ober or Oberst, the, the strong man, big fucking dude. Uh, And he's in the network. He's homies with the mind pump guys. So like nothing against him, like no, no shade thrown and Rogan, right? And it's like, I didn't want to go on Instagram and talk about this because like I, I wanted this to be exclusive to like our listeners because I, I don't like when Rogan and we were or me like I don't want to tie you into this, but like <laughs> Rogan's like the precipice, right? Like anyone, anyone who has a podcast, if you get on Rogan, it's like Willy Wonka giving you a fucking golden ticket, right? right. So we had a, I had a bit of a go at him when he had that Yvette Detrimont on his show 
and he talked about chiropractors without knowing dick all, right? And this fucking stupid side bait. Oh, you want to talk off the record? Side we bait. never released the original <laughs> oh episode. God, dude. That was almost the end of Prescript and RX Radio. No. Junta was like, dude, if you put that up, like, we're done. Like, I can't be a part of this. Like, you guys think I tee off and rant? That was the one. That was the fucking one, man. But, no, like, I had to go. I was on Mind Pump and I spoke about it. But, anyways, O'Bear had... Obear had this guy, Robert, or uh, Rogan had this Robert Obear guy on there. Pretty sure that's his name. And they were talking about deadlifting, right? And he's like, oh, like deadlifting, like it's not worth it from a risk benefit ratio. And he talked to him, like, it got blown out of proportion because when you watch it, he kind of talked purely about strength and conditioning, sort of. And yeah, like a deadlift for most, and it's not that it's dangerous and risk reward, it's that it's just, it doesn't have a dynamic correspondence to most sports, right? Like most sports, you're not going to find yourself in that position. One sport, ironically enough, that I find really effective in programming the deadlift for is rugby. Because the rugby scrum, if you look at the depth of the hinge, is really close to the angle you're going to be at when you're loading a deadlift off the floor. So it would be really good to have power and stability in the trunk in that, in that carryover of that relative degree of trunk flexion. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, there's no context given, but I understand what he's saying, right? Like, you're not going to see a lot of... You know, like oh, Boyle, Mike Boyle is probably one of the best strength coaches around the NHL, if not like one of the best strength coaches in professional sports. He doesn't even squat his athletes, which to ma makes total sense. Like this idea of exercises being B stance. So B stance is like one foot forward, one foot back. Like a B stance RDL would be a staggered stance Romanian deadlift with dumbbells. And it's like, why isn't that in strength and conditioning our A stance? All of our sports are done with some – when in sports are you standing with both feet together? So I understand it from his perspective. And it, it got blown around because it was like, here's an opportunity for someone to take slightly out of context something that was said on Rogan and hopefully makes a contentious issue out of something, like a storm in a teacup to get maybe his attention so they can get on the show. Right. So I wanted to keep this specifically for um, – for the podcast, just so people like in our network could think about it. Like, I don't care anymore to like try and go out and slam people on Instagram. Like, just, like life's too short, man. Like, I'm, he's not a bad guy because he says that. They did have an interesting conversation about not knowing the difference between pronation and supination of the wrist, which kind of disqualified their opinion on the deadlift. It's like going to the <laughs> dentist and like, you know, he doesn't know what a molar is, but then like he's going to do fucking a root canal surgery on you. It's like, God, we got to know some baseline fundamentals before you go giving and espousing advice about lifting to like 3 million people who are going to listen to that episode. So right. I think it was a little bit ignorant on the side. Of, but I think Joe means well and he says what he thinks to be his truth. And like fucking A, man, like whatever. People are going to deadlift and not going to deadlift. I don't give a shit. But the, there's, dude, free willy fitness. My man, Dustin... Dustin, 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 Dusty, fuck, dude, I'm so sorry. He's the homie. He's got two <laughs> accounts, and like, so I, I interacted a lot with him on Instagram on the one account, like Free Willy Fitness, and then he's got one just for his lifting, like one's like kind of a business thing, and one's for his lifting, and I got a message from his lifting one that I've never seen before, and he shares a post, and when you share a post in the DM, and the person blocks you, it says post not found, and I was like, oh, dude, like, sorry, but I can't see the post. I thought it was like in a private account or something like that. And I'm not going to name the name of the dude because it's like clearly he's got an axe to grind with me because he's preemptively blocked me. <laughs> but it was this guy explaining why Aubert and Rogan were right about the deadlift. And it's like, well, no, context. But I see what you're doing. You have a, like a couple hundred thousand followers on Instagram. You do some weird shit with hitting people with a hammer on the spine. And you're trying to leverage your position with a lot of social status, social media status to gain a platform on Rogan's show. I get that. 
But it's like, how petty are you that you've come to some bottom feeder in the industry? Like, I won't, I won't, I won't play that game. Like, I'm not going to come kiss this dude's ass to get on his fucking show and then agree with what he's saying to try and end up as a candidate for the fucking, you know, the one golden ticket to go to the chocolate factory. And the motherfucker had me blocked. It's like, how petty are you, dude? How? And I've, dude, I've noticed this in the last couple of months. People going around talking shit about prescript on the internet under accounts that have me blocked so i can't see it come on i swear man. to god man when we, so when we do these courses with good life you know I, i've been there man like i've been a trainer at good life i was a member ambassador for those that's a job that doesn't even exist in the company anymore <laughs> like i've been through it like i definitely like we try and all work shit out together like i'm i can name by name like everyone that's attended the seminar so we're friends by the end of the weekend like we're all friends we all get along we're all we've all learned something myself included and there's like another education company that does similar stuff. I think I don't. I honestly I don't really know like what they what they do. I've spoken at seminars before with people on their side. They seem like nice enough people, and it's like, dude, like why are we? Why do we hate each other? About like what? You think the knees come in because of the adductors, and I think it's because of the glutes, and you have a hollow argument because the adductors act as an extender, and you don't realize that the posterior fiber of the glute meat also acts as an extender, so you call the glute an antagonist, and that's why it doesn't make sense. It's like you're empirically wrong, but it doesn't make you a bad person. Like I would never block someone because there's no learning there, right? Like, and, and I just don't – it blows me away. Like the question was originally about like gimmicky chiropractors online, but it's like – Online is a shitty medium to get across the information that we have to get across. That's why we have this. This little Zoom H6 allows us to go on for hours and hours and just fucking not shut up about stuff that matters and its context and its nuance and its questions and its adaptability and its progressions and its regressions, right? So it's like, you, you know, from a business model, sure. But if you're outcome-based, you got to have a medium that allows you to tell a better message, Right. Like, you know, the rack and crack. What's the one? You Did you show me that? Which it has one? a weird name. Like the grand, it's just a fucking full-on like cervical ring dinger. <laughs> ring, is that ring it? Ring dinger. Is that it? That's it, right? Yeah. yeah so it's oh, like, you know what? You want to yeah. go viral? Sure, man. But you know, I want to be... I want to be a chiropractor's chiropractor. I want to be a strength coach's. I want to be a fucking purist. So you walk into a room with people that everyone knows and they know you. Be like, when this guy steps up, this is going to be something original. This is going to be something creative. This is going to be something innovative. This is not going to be fucking, this isn't for, this is for people who can interpret what I'm saying and apply it to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. That's what I want. Like, I want to make change from the top. I don't want to fucking have a viral video because it's like I'm slamming someone. Have you seen this? Have you seen like no? <laughs> you don't finish that <laughs> statement before I <laughs> answer you, this. <laughs> you're usually in my mind, man. Like we had pie in the car on the way back. You get me. You put butter on my steak without me asking. We're on the wavelength. Too man. No, but like people who like like call people out. Like this call out culture. It's like, yeah. dude, like you're not. If you understand habits and you understand how to change habits, you'll understand that a 60 second video isn't going to do anything. It's not going to do anything but reinforce bad. Your your Pavlov, your Pavlov's yeah. dog. You rang a fucking bell, and someone gave you food. That mm -hmm. bell was you, sh like fucking shit posting. Yeah. Some some fitness chick who doesn't know her ear hole from her fucking asshole. But it's like, dude. She's still going to sell that fucking fit tea, homie. Like, you're giving her a platform. No one's going to be like, oh, look at this guy. I want to work with him because he's going after women. Like, 
Like, dude, if you're on the Titanic, you'd be the biggest piece of shit. It's like, fuck women and children first. You're on the raft. Have the babies and fucking women floating on the big door. Like, I just don't understand people's thought process. But, like, I get it from a reptilian brain standpoint, right? Like, they do one shit posting video and it gets a ton of likes and a ton of goes viral. Like, man, look at this guy slamming this chick. And it's just like, okay and then they get like oh yeah like i got a lot of likes for that that's a serotonin dump and they're like i want more of that Mm -hmm. who else can i slam yeah dude you don't fucking you don't raise anyone up by fucking slamming people down you know what i mean like yourself especially like i'm just fucking sick of it like i used to be bad i told you (laughs) you were you knew me with a k-star post right yeah like the i i told the internet that we should pin kelly starette under our desks and repeatedly kick him in the head (laughs) That's what I said on the internet, bro. When I was, what, 25 and a quarter million dollars of debt, jaded with an industry that I didn't quite understand because I wasn't... It was my problem. It was my fucking problem. He's going to make his money. And fucking, I have so much respect for the dude now. It's like, if if we ever had the opportunity to sit down with him, I would apologize. And wow. anyone who knows, right, wow. right, right. <laughs> See, and that's someone who knows me as a person. Because I think I've said, I'm sorry, like... Because when I before when I would say I'm sorry, it would say go like my I would in my brain it would be like okay I'm sorry, and my mouth would just go go fuck yourself like that was how it worked. But I would genuinely apologize for being such like a naive piece of shit, yeah. and he didn't give a fuck. I'm sure it didn't even cross his radar. Like he was doing his thing, and I respect that so much more now because it's like now at you know fuck we're 29. I still think we're young for what we do. And to see people older than us who still haven't got it, man, it's like, what are you doing? Like, you want to fucking, you know what? What if that, like, imagine if that was your girlfriend. Imagine that was Fred. And then some motherfucker teed off on a 60-second Instagram clip about her. It's like, dude, I'm not 800 pixels by 800 pixels, motherfucker. Right? Right? Like, I'm some cauliflower-eared Dallas, Pennsylvania, wrestling motherfucker. <laughs> I'm coming for the heart in your chest. Like, yeah, dude. there's consequences to your actions, man. And I think one of these days, like, people are going to fucking get theirs. And you don't realize it. Because it's like, how many times do you get in fights as a kid? Oh, dude, all the time. Right? How many times have you been punched in the face? Oh, f- more than I wanted to be. <laughs> right? Yeah. A lot more. One dude. is more than you ever yeah. want to be. Yeah, right. But one is not more than you ever deserve. Yeah, right? Like, how many true. of those did you fucking want? I've deserved boy. way more than I've got. <laughs> exactly, so. right? And that's such a good self-awareness to have because you want to talk learning lessons whether it's you know at gunpoint at 1 p.m at a burger king parking wow, lot it comes full circle right it's for storytellers here <laughs> at rx radio or if it's fucking getting a punch in the face every time i've taken one right to the bridge of the nose in retrospect now it's like dude i, I was a different guy when i woke up the next day when i, I still remember dude fuck the the worst i got sucker punched by a dude named randy hannah Remember it was like it was yesterday. It was a club called the Beach in Windsor, which is like synonymous. Like if you were like 1990, maybe like 91 to like 85, like born in that era, the Beach was it. Like it was like <laughs> by the time one it was so bars closed at two. Like last call was two o'clock. So by the time one hit, everyone downtown was at the Beach. It was a little further down the strip, but that's where everyone went. Was out on the patio, and this was I was 18. I wasn't even of age yet. I was blasted out of my mind. And this kid, I, I knew him from like a couple years, like he was a couple years older than me, played hockey. And he got a running start. I was talking to a buddy like this. And he was, he was going for the back of my head. He was just going to like fucking king hit me. 
And I was talking yeah. to my friend, and my friend, as I was talking to him, was like looking over my shoulder, like, why the fuck is that guy running? And I was like, what is, what is my buddy looking at? And as I turned, he was already throwing the punch, and it landed right on the bridge of my nose. Uh, and dude, I just fucking, I mean, blood everywhere. Like, it was a, I ended up grabbing him. It was whatever. Like, he got me. Like, he fucking got me. I didn't. Whatever story I told the next day was not the truth. (laughs) He fucking landed one and bro, like, you you know, you get hit and you don't feel it in the moment, but I couldn't wear glasses for a week because I had two black eyes, like fucking knuckles right to the bridge of the nose. And thank God I turned because, you know, fuck, running start back of the head. You're dead, man. But I learned something like I didn't do anything to deserve it, but it's like there's still a lesson to be learned there. Right. And it's like. I was a different person. Hockey fights, different person. Someone like that has never paid the consequence for their actions. They've never learned anything, right? And it's like, I hope, I don't, I mean, I don't wish ill on anyone. It sounds funny coming from me because I tell most people to like. He does. But, (laughs) and like, I mean, like I wish, I wish to impart knowledge on people. And if that knowledge comes by way of being, beating the shit out of them then sure but it's like i just i just wish that they learn right because it's such like a like yeah you know the black eyes it sucks and like you know like the story you gotta tell and fucking make up like so no it doesn't seem like you just got fucking blasted in the head for no reason yeah that sucks but like looking back 10 years it's probably been about now what 29 maybe been like eight years since i've like really gotten into a fight and it's just like I'm thankful for every single fucking punch, elbow, knee, kick ever, because yeah. it's like, but because I see now what happens when people don't get visceral consequences. Because there's consequences that happen all the time that people aren't just they don't have the instruments to even perceive that their actions cause that. Well, there's a thing about social media too that there's it's all so anonymous, right? Yeah. And there's no actual consequences to these people being dicks like this okay they blocked you or this happened but like nothing's gonna happen you're probably never gonna meet that person in real life you're not gonna have the opportunity to fucking throw a haymaker to the bridge of their nose and i'm so always like kill them with kindness dude like yeah. that because there's nothing there's nothing better than that there's no like i said this in like podcasts before and it's like i forget where i got it from but it's like if you're after revenge you better bring two coffins Cause it'll kill you too. Like, there's no point. Like, if I met this dude, like, why? What are you worried about? Like, you know what? I think people project their reactions on other people. Like, if I was putting out stuff and I knew someone would like perhaps have a difference of opinion, like this is my thought process in his mind is like, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna make sure he doesn't see it, right? Because like that's what he's doing. It's like I would never react that way, dude. Like, I don't care. Yeah. You want to hit people in the spine with a hammer? Go for it. There's plenty of, like, there's that's such a scarcity mindset. There's, like, almost 8 billion people in the world. We get, like, I don't know, thirty to 50,000 downloads a month. What's the percentage on that? Hey, Siri, I don't even know how to frame the question properly. <laughs> Thank you. But, like, I don't know, man. It's a good question. Like, you know, what do I think? Of, I don't, man. Like, do your thing. If it helps you put food on the table, cool. If you do, cool. Like, just don't fucking hurt people. Yeah. That's it. Like, it's not hard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, know. There's probably a little bit of shame in in his mind of what he's doing, or yeah. you know, apprehension somehow that but he's th- preemptively doing shit like that. Like, I think if we could sit down and talk with people like that and like have a dialogue, and I've had people that have reached out. Like, I I say contentious shit, I say it, 
but man, do I ever think about it before I put it up. I remember when I started putting content up on YouTube or even on Instagram, dude, I checked that shit every 30 seconds. Like, I couldn't sleep. I literally remember my first YouTube videos, I couldn't sleep when I put it up. It's like, what if, what if the mean person on the internet said something mean? I still get it. Like, I still like, when com like YouTube still gives me notifications when people comment on my videos. And it's just like, you know, a lot of it's positive and like reinforcing. But it's, some of it's like, whoa, dude. And like, you got to put it in perspective. It's, that says more about someone else than it does about me. And I just don't care. Mm -hmm. It's just like, to just, you got to just like, it's going to sound weird, but like, well, I just reread, so I just reread uh, Man's Search for Meaning again. Which yeah. is like if any of you haven't read it, um, but like it's, it's probably one of like my top three books of all time, and it's like everyone looks. There's a quote in it that goes, like, uh, I don't want to butcher it. It's something to the effect of, uh, "There's no such thing as self-actualization. There's only self-transcendence." You just gotta fucking just just chill, man. Like, because <laughs> if you go looking for actualization, you'll never find it. Which is true of anything, right? Like, we get a lot of people that message us about you know, about business, why I'm not sure, about like social media, about like how to grow a following or whatever, or how to do a podcast. It's like, if you go looking for it, you'll never find it. Dude, this is never, go back and listen to our first episode and tell me that was people who were looking to have a successful oh. podcast. <laughs> we just wanted to have fun. Yeah. And so far it's been a fucking ton of fun. Hell yeah. Because it's like, we don't make any money off this. Not a dime. But it's, that's not what we're looking for. Like, one day maybe we will, but that was never our intent. And that's true of like anyone that I know who's successful. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. I just did it because I liked it. And yeah. then I think people can tell a difference. But yeah, that's kind of my, I, I'm done with that. Like that's the yeah. end of the episode for me because it's just like <laughs> the silly, that tied in a lot of things I've been thinking about lately, just about like social media, like the consequences, people's like lack of responsibility. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, it, it, it irks me that people aren't, thinking at that deep a level that they can look at this and this this sep this phone separates you from other people it's like no man like there's someone that fucking reads that like when you like like when you like people just like if we got rid of these things how how worse off would we be in the initial stages because people don't know how to communicate yeah. like having difficult conversations like there's nothing better than when someone puts you in your place you did it to me I'll never forget that. It was one of, that was like, you might as well have punched me in the face. That was the, that was the defining moment in my life. Just like so, I was so dissonant that I didn't realize like what I was doing. And you're like, hey, you're doing this, dumbass. And I was like, oh, fuck. Brilliant. And I've talked to you like every day since. And you're stuck with me now. I just, I think putting yourself in uncomfortable situations is like the only way to learn. And that's whether it's a bar in your back or in your hands or, you know, face to face with someone or like fucking say what you mean and mean what you say and fucking just tell the truth. And it's going to suck for a little bit, but it'll be yeah. way better in the long run. That's it. That's all I got. I agree, man. That's done. I think everyone listening to this podcast is going to know what I mean, that you're just this joyous, peaceful person when you're in Canada after yeah, listening to this. That's it. I'm just like <laughs> sitting around singing Kumbaya and shit. Uh, but no. Uh, so this is kind of like a, like, we apologize for being late to the game on this. We'll have another episode Monday. We'll be rolling. Um, get a few more about Jinta's here for the weekend. And then I, uh, I set sail for, I don't know, wherever I'm going. doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> just different city. Same Airbnb to me. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys tuning in. Sorry again for being late and we'll see you next time. All right. See you.